in my programs by remembering my guru, Baba Muktananda, who always began his programs by saying in Hindi, Sabko Barisan Mani Kesat Pemse Hardik Swagat. With great respect and love, I welcome you all with all my heart. And he would say that's the essence of spirituality. You may not know lots of esoteric practices and also uh, obscure scriptures, but if you can welcome another person with love, and if you can, wel can welcome yourself with love, you're seven-tenths of the way there, <clears throat> if not more. So, as, uh, as Dave Ma said, um, I call tonight's program Notes from the Tea Shop, uh, joining it to the, the column that I used to have in the City Path magazine, because the tea shop was the place where I could think straight in Ganesh Prayashram. There was too much shakti there, so the rational faculties didn't work very well. But you, well, you go outside the door and get a nice flaming hot uh, cup of chai, uh, you're able to have some semblance of rationality. Then I would think about things and maybe write some notes down. I wish I had notes from those days, but uh, I think they disappeared along the way. They, but uh, they started early on. They've, I've been keeping these notes for quite a, quite a while. <clears throat> and uh, this is uh, the only known picture of the tea shop. <laughs> it's been extensively photoshopped. <laughs> this is the way it was in the afternoon before going out to work in the fields there. We'd stop for a cup of chai. There's, on the left, that's Sri Gili Gili. In the middle, Jodan Looney, who was uh, an American football player, a very famous uh, superstar in college. And I've been photoshopped in there, actually. <laughs> and in the back, what? I don't know who that is, but that's Larry L. Boher in the back, another one of the Akramites. <clears throat> So, there you go, there's the tea shop, Saina's tea shop, right next door to the ashram, doesn't exist now. <clears throat> so, notes from the tea shop. And David Ma mentioned that uh, it's been called Vigyana Shankara after Vigyana Bhairava, because, in fact, Vigyana Bhairava is a great uh, tantric text of India, medieval text, which is very highly regarded and is, has a compendium of many, many uh, meditations and spiritual teachings. Um, and one of my favorite texts, and it inspired me to, uh, to write these sutras, so in a sense it's Vijnana Shankara, uh, of course they're similar to that. And apropos of that, oh, I should say that recently uh, we've become involved in uh, a um, uh, project to spread the teachings of Vigyana Bhairava first all over India and then the world and then to the solar system and then beyond. Uh, so that's a very big project. So, uh, so I've been looking at it again intensely. And um, this particular one, this dharna, uh, was discovered by Vanima 
Uh, she was looking at it, at the, at the Vigana Bharva, and she said, isn't that one number 78? Isn't that about Shiva process? And uh, here's what this says. And I had, of course, been aware of this, but I didn't think of it as Shiva process. So kudos to you, Vanyama. Uh, it goes, if I can read it properly, Kama Kroda Loba Moha Mara Matsarya Gochare Buddham Nishri Mitam Krutva Tatvam Bhavishyate. Which means, if one succeeds in immobilizing his mind, uh, the editor says, in making it one pointed, but immobilizing his mind when he's under the sway of desire, anger, greed, infatuation, arrogance, or envy, then the reality underlying these states alone subsists. So these, these uh, qualities are, are called, if you know your yogic scriptures, these are called the six enemies. Um, kama, desire, kroda, anger, uh, loba, greed, uh, moha, infatuation, it's like delusion, um, mada is arrogance or pride, and uh, matsarya, which is uh, envy or jealousy. Those are the six enemies of a, a healthy mind and a, of a good inner state. He says, but if you can stabilize your mind while um, when this, these happen, uh, <clears throat> So the uh, of Singh says, when aspirin is under the domination of any strong emotion, he should dissociate his mind from the object of the emotion and concentrate on the emotion itself without either accepting it or rejecting it. So what he's saying there is that instead of getting involved in the story of your anger, let's say just take anger, you're angry, why are you angry? You're angry because they did this to me, right? And so instead of doing that, um, concentrate on the feeling of anger itself. And of course, uh, the Shiva process answer is to make an A statement, which is to say, I am angry. And that does the same thing because it does make the mind one-pointed, makes it stable, during anger. And also it has the effect of moving away from the story of the anger, which if you keep telling yourself that story, you'll just keep getting more and more angry because it's the story that makes you angry. And if, it, if anger doesn't have a story, then it's just an existential event and you're just being with your anger. I am angry. I'm focused on anger. And then what happens if it's just an existential event and you're not fueling it, what happens to a car when you don't give it fuel? It stops. <laughs> and your mind will calm down after a while if it's not fueled by more. Well, they said this and they said that and they did this and they did that. And then you talk to your friend and you agree, they did this, they did that. And then anger keeps going. So if you don't fuel it and you just become present to it, you make an A statement, 
I feel angry, it eventually shifts. And then, he says, uh, when you, then you'll turn within, and then the passion becomes calmed like a charmed snake. All the kalpas are shed like leaves in autumn. He's a very poetic uh, scholar. Um, such introversion puts the aspirant in contact with the infinite spiritual energy surging within, known as spanda. And then he's filled with the bliss of divine consciousness. What he's saying there is that when, when you turn within and just say, I am angry, eventually that anger will recede and underneath the anger will be revealed the bliss of the self because the anger is an excrescence on the bliss of the self. And if you just let it calm down, bliss of the self is, uh, it comes through. So you free yourself from the story. That's the essence of Shiva process. You, existentially, in whatever state you're in, there's no disgrace in that. The danger is to keep feeding ourselves. Uh, for example, if you feel jealous, you keep telling yourself stories about how you don't have it and that person has it. Or if you feel depressed, you keep feeding yourself stories about your depression, I'm no good, I'm worthless, I'll never get anywhere, and then they're gone. But the feeling itself is fine and honorable. You can just be with that. <clears throat> so I thought I'd do a little hermeneutic on this one. Uh, and and uh, we were talking about that during the retreat recently, that you can examine all of these great aphorisms under three, uh, three aspects. Uh, what do they mean? What is the philosophy here or the understanding? Um, what do they, uh, what is the inspiration, the upliftment in them? And what practice do they suggest? So in this one, the philosophy, uh, it reminded me of, particularly of Spandakarika's 1-4, which says, I am happy, I am miserable, I am attached. See, that's like that, I'm angry, I'm jealous. You know. These and other cognitions have their being evidently in another in which the states of happiness, misery, etc., are strung together. Wonderful aphorism from the Spandakarika is another Shaivite text, which says that under all these passing states, the self exists. They're strung together on the self. They're like waves on, an, on the ocean. You can't say there's no ocean just because there are waves. You say underneath the waves there is the ocean. And when the waves calm down, they recede back into the ocean. A um, couple of other sutras that, uh, that reminded me of, one was Bija, Bija Vedanam, Shiva Sutra. Focus on the seed. I love this one. This is one you should keep in your mind. To focus on the seed, which means always go to the essence of everything. Go deeper. If you're miserable, if you're depressed, if you're angry, go deeper. Go deeper. The answer is always deeper, underneath that. The wave of anger, the wave of jealousy, underneath it. Bija vadanam. And finally, Asana sukham rade nimajati, which is also 
Chiva Sutras. Established in concentration on the self alone, he easily plunges into the ocean of bliss. If you're focused on the self, then you plunge into bliss. When we lose, when we get lost in the story, the story, the, the tearing thoughts and all that, we, we, we are, as a people, we're lost in our stories. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's singing a song. And is, what song are you singing to yourself? Is it a country western song? Is it a blues? Is it a sad song? So we sing songs. So um, we have to uh, realize that and then let those stories go. <clears throat> we're, not, we're not our temporary emotions. And the G statements from this uh, sutra is, I am not my feelings, is one. I detach from my story. Right now, detach from your story. The million narratives that you have in your head. Stories of your parents, stories of your siblings, stories of your teachers, stories of your friends, stories of lovers who hurt you, stories of bosses who didn't understand you, stories of friends who betrayed you. Whatever stories there are, just drop them and just be present. <clears throat> and especially from uh, my story is false if it makes me feel contracted. How can Shiva be contracted? And Shaivism says that you, oh Shiva, are Shiva. <laughs> That's what it says. So if you're contracted, you must be thinking wrong. And the self, another one, the self lies under this feeling. Another one, my feelings are Shiva. Um, and finally, I am the self and everything is Shiva, everything is consciousness. And then the third part is practice. The action, what practice is suggested? Well, there were two. One was, as Jadav Singh says, focus on the feeling itself without the story involved. Just focus on the feeling. And that's very similar to the Shiva process, which says, make the A statement. When you have a feeling, say, I am angry. I am sad. When you say, I'm sad because this and this and this, that takes it into the realm of story, which is unreal. But when you say, I'm sad, that's what's happening. And that's the way to, to handle that. So there's uh, there's the chief process one. <clears throat> okay, now we'll do some uh, notes in the tea shop. You ready? <clears throat> this one's called upaya and grace. Upaya means uh, a method, a method, a technique, uh, and grace. So first statement. All yogic methods come ultimately from the world of grace, the Spanda Tattva. So every spiritual practice that you've ever heard of comes down from higher consciousness. Doesn't mean they're all equally powerful, all the same, um, but they all come from there. <clears throat> the most powerful of them all is Shaktipat. Shaktipat is a direct 
infusion of grace. And the third statement, the closer to the source, the more powerful. The closer to the source, the more powerful. But everything, you should respect everything as gracious. Every spiritual practice, every spiritual movement, even some ones that you look, turn your nose up at, you know, I, I won't even mention them because I don't want to. I'd like to, but I won't. Um, but uh, every one of them comes from the world of grace. Uh, but, you know, to have, uh, to, to worship uh, a guru who lived 2,000 years ago is gracious, but it's not as powerful as uh, to have a living guru. That's more powerful because it's closer to the source. And, you know, as it says, uh, I was looking at a passage in, in the New Testament, a uh, famous passage in Corinthians that says, you know, when I, was a, when I was a child, I did the things of a child, when I became a man, uh, I threw away the things of a child. And the, that's an analogy because it said, now we see things through a glass darkly. We think, see things through a glass darkly, but one day we'll see things with great clarity. When we stand in front of God, we will see things with great clarity. Now I see, a, it means, a, a, you know, I was, it made me think about mirrors because um, I wonder if somebody out there, Google will tell us when the first clear mirror was invented. When somebody, you know, because think about it, um, the, for a long time, there was no clear reflection. You never saw if a first person who saw themselves clearly in a mirror. You know, there was no photographs, there was no film, there was no mirror. It was just, you see yourself in water, you see yourself, uh, they had some burnished bronze or something that they would look at, that's through a glass darkly. Or, or when you look through a, a glass that's opaque, that's uh, translucent but not transparent. That's seeing things through a glass darkly. So that means that in our present condition, we see things dimly. We don't see things as they are. We see things as they appear to us. But as we purify our senses, purify our mind, we start to see things as they are. As we receive grace, then we see things as they are. As the guru's lotion purifies our eye, then we see a whole different world. So, have great respect for all spiritual practices. They all come from the world of grace. But some are better than others. Uh, here's one called, uh, relevant to what I was just talking about before, the nightmare in a narrative. And the first statement is, awaken from the nightmare in a narrative. You hear that? Awaken from the nightmare in a narrative. What's a nightmare in a narrative? It's that most destructive thing that you tell yourself. The most destructive way you frame your life story. You know, that makes you feel sorry for yourself and less than and weak and pathetic and a born loser, all those things. Do you, have a, do you have a nightmare in a narrative like that? Do you have one? Okay. 
<clears throat> so the next point, minutely observe that narrative. Don't run from it. Ferret it out and see it. See it. It's not an enemy. It's you telling you, yourself these stories. And reject it. And as the, the, the scripture says, it says, focus on the self again and again. Well, reject it again and again. Every time it comes up, reject it. Keep rejecting it and turn towards the self. Don't argue with the nightmare. Just wake up. <clears throat> and if you have a grandiose inner narrative, you should wake up from that one too. <laughs> so... <clears throat> Like that one? All right, here's the guru's test. Oh, that wouldn't interest you. <laughs> All right, point. The guru always tests the disciple. <clears throat> what is this test? It's always a choice the disciple's given in which passing the test means choosing towards the shakti. In other words, it's the upward shift versus the downward shift. The guru is not really interested in any other uh, test, about, but picking the upward path, the path towards the divine, the path towards shakti. But you know, you shouldn't despair because even if you fail that test, there's another one. You can keep, you can get back on on the train, back on the horse, back on the bike. Uh, you're always tested at your weak point, whatever it is. It could be desire, a woman, a man, money, fame. It could be fear. Uh, the uh, current world situation, the pandemic, is touching everyone's fear. The people who... Uh, uh, there are people terrified by the disease, and there are ter people terrified by the cure. And it's, I've never seen so much fear involved in uh, uh, so much. Uh, the, um, it could be materiality, attachment to stuff, objects and things. Uh, it could be fixed ideas, uh, some rigid way of thinking, dogma, beliefs. Here's the, uh, here's the uh, remedy. Ask, this is what I would do, what would please Baba? That's what I do. And, uh, or what gives an upward shift? What would give an upward shift? These should ask these two questions. What would Baba want? Who is Baba and what does he want? He always wants you to move towards God. <clears throat> what gives you an upward shift? <laughs> Movement towards God. You don't like the word God? Towards the self, towards the energy, towards the shakti. <clears throat> Another way of saying all that is cherish your awakening. Move towards it. Okay. How are we doing, Devi Ma? Is you like those? Are they too heavy? Okay, here's another one. Inquire. This is called taxi empty inert. <laughs> this might be negative, I don't know. 
<clears throat> am I toxic? Am I empty and depleted? Am I inert and dull? Huh? Are you one of those now? So you inquire, you say, okay, am I toxic? What does toxic mean? Toxic means you have plenty of energy, but it's unpleasant energy, right? Like energy of anger or something like that. So that, that's, I'm, I'm toxic. Uh, are you depleted? It's the opposite. You have no energy. I'm empty. Uh, or am I inert and dull? I'm just like a lump. Uh, it also could be I'm not con I don't feel connected. <clears throat> so here's what you can do. Next point, if you're toxic, ask yourself, find out right now, which it more describes my, if you're in a blissful satsang, okay. <laughs> you're exempt. But uh, toxic, empty and depleted, or inert and dull. Okay, so if you're toxic, you can breathe out, get rid of the toxin. What you need to do is purify and use the out-breath. If you're empty and depleted, use the in-breath to fill yourself with life force and connect. And if you feel inert, then also use the in-breath, breath of life of intelligence, of joy, of enthusiasm, <clears throat> to enliven yourself. You want to try to do that for a second? Another way to say it is, in this moment, do you, do you need more energy, or do you need more purified energy? If you need more energy, breathe in the Shakti. If you wanted to purify something, that, that you have, just want to get rid of it, just breathe it out. So do that for a moment, okay? Since we're in satsang, it's good to breathe in the shakti. You have to get rid of the, you have to get rid of your negative energy and then breathe it in. <clears throat> so okay, another one. Yep, back. Uh oh, Devi Ma is in samadhi. So. This is an idea for the mantra. The mantra can be used in many ways. You can just say it, sometimes we say it mechanically, but you can say it intentionally. So it can be said uh, to purify the mind, to purify the emotions, to access the higher power, the shakti, to connect with God or Guru, to connect with good feeling, 
or on the grossest level, to get what you want. There's nothing wrong with that either. So you can use the mantra dynamically in these ways. Uh, or to cure yourself, too. That's a physical plane. So what would you like to do? Do you need to purify your emotions? Do you need to access the higher power? Well, I'll suggest that we just say the mantra to connect with the, the highest right now, just for 30 seconds. Just say it that way. And if you, have, if you have another idea for yourself, you can do that. But the general thing would be, let's just say the mantra, knowing that it connects us to the Shakti and the Guru. Okay, just let's do that for 30 seconds. Okay. You may have noticed that when you intentionally do it to connect to the Shakti, it actually happens. Did you notice that at all? Yeah? Okay. <clears throat> all right. I'm going to do just, I'll do one more, okay? <laughs> one more? I'll skip a few. Huh? Yeah? <laughs> Oh, I can't. You'll pass out. <laughs> Did you like that one? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, this one's called Statements in the Four Bodies. Um, G statements. Sorry, G statements in the Four Bodies. All you have to know is two kinds of statements. A, A statements symbolized by this symbol, <laughs> which mainly is a simple statement of present feeling. See, you just say the feeling, and you don't have to tell yourself the story. And then you have G statements. <laughs> a G statement is an uplifting statement, like I am Brahman. I am the self, I am Shiva. These are scriptural statements. If you're a boring old Christian, say, Jesus loves me. It's a, it's a good one. So this is, every, every uh, religion is a fund of G statements. It's a whole stock of them. They've got a room in their church with a whole room filled with G statements. <clears throat> so. You have to use those G statements. Can I ask a question? Uh-oh. Yes? <laughs> Go ahead. Well, in Shaivism. Shaivism, yes. There's all, they say that Shiva creates the universe. Yep. And it goes through this process of limitation. Yep. And goes through all these levels of existence. Can everyone hear it? Should we give her a mic? Hear our mic. What? Use the mic. Oh. Use the mic. In Shaivism, they talk about how when Shiva creates the universe, 
he creates all these levels of existence within consciousness. Mm -hmm. Right? So then I was thinking when you were talking about uh, the contraction of the individual, could the, you know, the, the, like that dharna, the first dharna, mm -hmm. where you're, uh, the mm -hmm. individual's caught in all this negative emotion and negative thinking, is it that the individual also has these levels of existence in the form of these lower matrikas or vrittis or whatever you want to call it? What, yeah. what are they called, actually? Like if you were going to maybe this is too esoteric. I don't know, but mm. my mind just got hung up on this, and I was thinking about mm -hmm. it. So because sh if sh the jiva is Shiva, then these levels of existence yeah. must correspond to Shiva's creation, mm -hmm. his contraction. It's all recapitulated at every level. What? Shaivism would say that at every level, it, it's recapitulated. That everything, right. like we are small, contracted forms of Shiva. Right. Shiva's become, and so every level that, uh, you know, so that's right. Maybe I'm not expressing it properly. Well, your answer is yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> I know, but what is it called? Like from uh, well, who knows? it's called contraction, separation, and maya. Mm -hmm. Right. And that, that um, this is the thing. Shiva, Shiva was there, and he said, let's create a universe, and he created one. There it was, he's still Shiva. And he says, uh, well, let's create some lakes and rivers and mountains. And they're all there in him, and he's still cool. And he says, the most radical idea of all, let me forget who I am and become all these people. And then, you know, Shakti must have said to him, you know, Shiva, that... Yeah, let, let me become a person and forget and forget who I am. And they said, you really want to do that? And he thought to himself, do I really want to do that? Maybe Shakti said, do you really want to do that? He said, you know, there's no, call, there's no guarantee you'll get back. And Shiva, being Shiva, says, oh, of course I'll get back because that's who I am. But Shakti said, but you say that now, but when you get into that condition, you'll just be lost. Don't worry, Shiva said, full of confidence. This is a game I want to play. He got lost in his own creation. Yeah. And so then he, uh, he spilled it out. <laughs> and so that's, the, that's why it's called Shiva's play. It's a play of consciousness. But we, we suffer the uh, ill effects of it. Okay, so G statements are ways of connecting back from the contracted state back to the highest uh, in, any, in, in, mo in many, many different ways and in different levels. So these are G statements in the four bodies. And the four bodies, as I see them, are very simple. They're the physical body, the emotional body, the mental body, and the spiritual body. And so each of these are a body. You realize that, that okay, you know you have a physical body, and it's got... Yes! 
this program is dangerous to your, to your mental health, isn't it? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, um, <laughs> where was I now? Seeing what you've done. <laughs> so, uh, what was I saying? Yeah, four bodies. Oh, I said, these bodies are bodies. Here's the thing. You have a physical body, and, you know, it's always going to, it's going to be a certain height, and, you know, it's got characteristics, and people recognize it. But your, your, your mental body has a shape and form, and it's not like somebody else's mental body. What? It has characteristics. Characteristics. And certainly your emotional body has, you know, huge characteristics. You could um, play a game where you just identify an emotional body and say who it is. You can't, you can't see who it is. What? You, <laughs> you know. So, and, and so each of these bodies has, a, has an actual identity of place and so on. So here's are some G statements in the different bodies, okay? Uh, physical body. You ready? Close your eyes. And uh, here are some. You can add some at the end, but I am healthy. I am healing. I call on the Shakti to heal me. I am strong. I am rich. I am successful. You like those? Okay, emotional body. Should we try that now? <clears throat> okay, so I love. I am love. I am loved. I forgive. I call on the Shakti in all my relationships. Ready? Mental body. I open my mind. I call on wisdom. I see clearly. Spiritual body. I am not the body. I am not a person. I am ash at my guru's feet. I am the self. I am Shiva. I am spirit. Everything is consciousness. There you go. 
Okay. That's enough for tonight. Anybody want to say something? How can you speak after how can you speak after you put us in a trance? That's correct. Okay. All right, let's meditate. Let's meditate. Always choose towards the highest. Never doubt. Even if you have doubts, don't doubt that the great potential is within you. The great possibility is within you. And nothing else that you ever do will satisfy you unless you realize who you really are. Realize that true potential. So give at least some time every day to contemplating that, meditating, cherishing your awakening, to know the self. And don't lose heart with that because there's never been a person so pathetic that the light didn't shine brightly somewhere deep inside. So let's meditate now. We'll meditate for 10 minutes. What meditation shall we do, Davy? I heard so many things tonight. Which one did you like? All we need are two statements in our life. That's all we need. All you need is love. <laughs> no, all you need is higher thoughts. Yes, that's right. G statements. That's right. That's what we need. Yeah. Especially in this culture now with the environment the way it is. All you need is G statements, but to, have, to make a true G statement, you have to purify the tendency to go in the other direction. So that's what all that's about. <laughs> so let's contemplate a G statement, which means... It's true that a G statement without love won't yeah. anything. Yeah. Or devotion to something. Mm -hmm. Okay. I am the self. I am consciousness. I love the guru. I love God. I love the self. I love the Shakti. I call on the Shakti. May all people be blessed. May all people be free of suffering. Let's meditate for 10 minutes now. Once again, with great love and respect, I welcome you all with all my heart. Satguna Maharaj.